What's up, y'all? This is Tiny and Kelvin Smith. Running back DeAndre Torrey. Senior receiver Michael Lawrence. Senior guard DJ Draper. And you're listening to Bruni's Breakdown Podcast, your home for North Texas sports. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Bruni's Breakdown, the 24-7 sports podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Bruni. And with me, once again, is Colin Mitchell. Colin, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic, Bruni. How this you morning... This morning, I this morning, say. yes, it is. What is the time? The exact 10, time 10 is ten o five. Ten o five a.m. We are we are seven hours early today. We're we're doing an early podcast today because it's game day, almost basically. No, I would not say it's game day. Okay, today is the day before game day. It's kickoff is thirty. Let's say thirty four hours away. That's still more than a day. It's it's so close though. It's so close. <laughs> We are here. I guess that's what everyone's feeling. All the work we've done over the past eight months, Colin, has come to this. The ACU game. The Abilene Christian (laughs) North Texas game. We're going to see real quickly how this goes. Um, All right, but we have a quick podcast for you all today. Not going to keep it too long. Probably keep it around 30 minutes long. Just touch on Abilene Christian because I feel like it's a a team a lot of people don't know much about. And that's okay because... We didn't know much about them either. So let's see if we even do know anything about them now. So Coach Adam Durrell, I'm going to get right into it. It's wow. his second year. Wow. Okay. These and stats already. Latrell, These stats yes, already. I'm already gripping your attention. It's his second year. Latrell raved about him, but he raves about everybody pretty much in the world. Um, he, He's gone 8-14 and 14 over his past two years. Good reason to rave. Yeah, you know, why not rave? It's always good to rave. And they last year went six and five and they put up 30.1 points per game and 27 points allowed per game. So when we come into these FCS previews, Colin, these are kind of just like a warm up games for them and for us, really. You know, it gets gets us some experience, you know, into the game, gets you some experience with the photos, gets me experience writing stories again, even though I write stories all the time. Knocking the rust off. Writing recaps. Yeah, we're knocking the rust off, just like the players, really. But here's my question. Last year, we saw, and we're, I'm kind of skipping over Abilene Christian. I'll Actually, here, let me let me finish my Abilene Christian uh, portion of the segment. Show yeah, give, before, them the, give them their due, their due podcast yeah. time. So they return quarterback Luke Anthony, who threw for over 3,000 yards, 23 touchdowns, nine interceptions. You know, he's... Seems like a good FCS quarterback. Uh, maybe not as good as the Argyle quarterback. Uh, sorry, Incarnate Word quarterback from Argyle last year. He was pretty good. Um, and then they returned their top two running backs, Billy McCrary and Tracy James. Both of them had over 700 yards last year. So, you know, that's that's good. Good on their part. <laughs> uh, I'm. That's all I have written down for them, by the way. I don't have. There's not a whole lot we need to know about them, other than the fact that they're an FCS school and this is a warm-up game. Yes. So, so claps for that. So yeah, clap, clap for that. But what I was gonna ask is, does it suck that they play Abilene Christian first because of what they did to SMU last year in week one? So last year, they had nervous, like let's say they had nerves and jitters or whatever, and then they came out and they were like, they used all of them perfectly and destroyed SMU right off the bat. This year they don't have that. This year they'll they'll play SMU in week two. You know, a week into the season. Does that hurt them? No, at all? I, th- I think this season it helps them. You could argue last season it might have hurt them, but they're trying to go into a new system this year, and they need to make sure that they know what they're doing. 
and in an actual game and this gives him a chance to kind of try something out and i'd rather have him try try stuff out against acu than try stuff out against smu yeah that's that's a good point the difference in this year's team and last year's team is huge because last year's team it was kind of like they were still trying to prove a point right they were still trying to they were like we still have to beat smu yeah that smu game was huge for them and this smu game is huge as well but it was the first game of the year it was at home it was smu like it had all the hype in the world behind it like and they came out and they played with a ton of energy that smu couldn't match because they have new coach and they was on the road and whatnot this year you have abilene christian at home and i just i worry i'm worried that that all that energy that's so important in games, especially big games like SMU and Cal and whatnot, is going to be used against Abilene Christian. Wasted. When it doesn't need to be. Yeah. And so, because no matter what you say, there's a different energy when you start the season than in week three or week four, week five. Like when you get into the grind of it, like every yeah. week you're just going, you know, it's a, it's much more routine and you're obviously much crisper and whatnot, but so is the other team. So that's just the kind of thing I was thinking about is that Abilene, Abilene Christian is not i mean it's a warm-up game you know it's a it's a scrimmage of sorts and they're they're favored by over three they're under three touchdowns actually we'll talk about that later but they're not getting that all right we're in the action we're just gonna fly around and just go play game i mean that they're getting that game but they're not getting the game against a team like smu i think that's fine okay well um so what are we expecting from North Texas? Let's start with let's start with the offense. Are we expecting them to how much of the new system are we expecting to see? Well, I feel like they're gonna. I think, man, that's tough to say because you don't want to give SMU everything to look at. Yeah. Um, and I guess that's probably my only downside is that you know they're giving film for SMU, mm-hmm. um, in their new system. But I feel like they need to try out. I mean, they need to. I think need to go over everything because they need to make sure that they can execute it in a game. It's different than in a practice where you're being told to plays and there's no crowd or yeah. anything like that. I mean, the ACU's, ACU's team is better than North Texas's like third strings. Yeah. So yeah. It, it's it, it might be better than their second strings too. Yeah. So it'll so, be yeah. It'd be so so it so it it's it's helpful to mm-hmm. to try things in game. So I think that you will see. I don't I don't. You want me to give you a percentage or <laughs> like? No, just like so. They've talked about RPOs. They've talked about increased pace. They've talked about tight end usage more. They talk about different packages to use. Okay, so I think we'll see the pace. I definitely think we'll see the I pace. I definitely think so too. Um, I definitely. I mean, we North Texas always kind of done RPOs. I feel like. Yeah, they said. I mean, what Jalen Jalen Darden said they do it. They're doing it way more. I think Rico said it too. But they said that's it's way more. Like that's they, so weird because I felt like they did it a lot last. I season. feel like last year it was. It looked like an RPO, but Mason never really had the option to keep. And also RPOs, largely, I feel like last year there was never an instance of him putting of Mason putting the ball in the running back's belly and then pulling it out and looking to pass off. Right. Him. Like if anything, it was just a keep. It was just a read option. Right. And so it was either read option for him to run or the running back to run. But if there's a read option where the running back can run, he can run, or he can throw it to Rico on a, a slant or a, or a hitch or anything like that. That is completely different. Yeah. So that's where I think the difference is between the RPOs last year. Yeah, that's a good point. And the RPOs this year. Yeah. So they're they're more evolved, I feel like, because Bodie's just a really yeah. I don't want to say in, ingenuitive guy, but he's you know he's he's looking to push the envelope. Yeah. So. And then uh, one more thing, I think we'll see. I think we'll see the keys given to Mason a little bit in this game mm-hmm. to kind of see if they're going to give them to him throughout the season or if they won't. Yeah. Well, 
to see how how he does. I mean, he's a senior; he can probably call this offense. Right, he he, he could probably call it himself. But I'm saying, in, in the sense of if to keep up that pace of play, if it's going to be more of Mason kind of just seeing what he's seeing, yeah, or if it's going to be you know Bodie in the box, how much he'll look over, how much right. he's going to stop to listen, or right. stuff like that. Um, I think the same can be said for Kyrie Muhammad on the other side of the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much he, freedom he has to get guys situated and whatnot. How much? Because obviously he's been the leader of this defense the last last year as well, but this year he has no EJ Agio. We talked about it. No yeah, there's no Garner. competing personalities. Yeah, for, for for that leadership role. And they've said you know KD Davis and Tyreek Davis have done good job of you know taking over that position, but it's a completely different. It's a completely different role than what EJ and Brandon and them were doing last year. And so when your second best player is the defensive lineman, Ladarius Hamilton, obviously. He's a smart player and he knows how he knows what to look for and what to expect. But as a safety, you are kind of expected to captain the defense. So um, I'm interested to see how that plays out for Kyrie as well, especially if Abilene Christian starts actually doing something. Yeah. And I want to see how they adjust. So but Kyrie wasn't very uh, didn't take to the idea that Abilene Christian was going to have any success. Yeah, he said he said, I think it was a quote. It was going to shut him out. It was a quote. Yeah. Well, I didn't, I'm, I'm saying that I, I don't know if I said it correctly. Yeah. We're going to shut him out. That's yeah. exactly what he said. Yeah. That is a big statement. Yeah. Because if they don't. If they don't what? what what's going to happen? If they put up points. I if they put say. up what? 14 points? No. I mean, I mean, like make it a game. Like like we saw last <laughs> night in Conference USA. If there was somehow a game out of this. Yeah. Instant panic button. The panic meter is at 10 out of 10. Oh, my God. You know, it took a long time last season for us to bring out the panic meter. Panic meter would instantly There's an, there, The panic meter is on a much shorter leash this year. <laughs> yeah. Last year it had a long leash. Um, and that's in basketball, too. <laughs> so, okay. So, offensively, so we're expecting pace. We're expecting a, a few RPOs, at least in the first quarter, probably. Right, yeah. I said, I remember a few weeks ago, I said they're running an RPO in the first four plays. I stand by that. Okay. So, look for that. Um, packages, do we think they're going to show a lot of their packages, personnel stuff? Like, whether it's different tight end uses, different ways to use Mike Lawrence. I think we'll see a little bit of it. I feel like we don't see it p- at past the first... S- Two yeah, times. like I said, you don't want to give SMU a whole lot to go off of. I feel like if they if they come out and they do what they're supposed to and score the first, let's say, two of the first three drives and they turn them over in the first quarter one time and so they can get a, you know, maybe field goal off it and they can go up real quick 17-0 or, you know, 21-7 or something along those lines. With Bring the first, in Jason Bean, baby. Then we can start, <laughs> then, then they'll start holding it back maybe because they'll be like, all right, we can just line up and run the ball and get four yards, five yards a pop and then we can be more efficient that way. Yeah. May let Mason take his play action shots, you know, let the explosive guys be explosive. But if they don't pull away like that early, then we can start to see in the second quarter, maybe some, you know, like, all right, well, give them, give them the three tight end personnel package. And then we, they'd be flummoxed. And then they'd, they're they'd just, just like, like oh they, my God. They're just like, what is happening? Exactly. <laughs> and so then we really three start. Tight ends. <laughs> FCS doesn't even have three tight ends on the team. North Texas barely has three tight ends on the team. <laughs> My point exactly. Oh, so, so anyways, um, I think at that point, then you start getting into some different RPOs and whatnot. But the thing about North Texas going into this game is balancing that, I think, for yeah. for Bodie and for Troy Reffitt, the defensive coordinator, because you have those new inside linebackers, you have the new defensive linemen, new corners. 
is defensively how much of that show do you show as well how much of those packages do you show as well and a lot of that will be determined in the first quarter i think if they can get off to a two possession lead in the first quarter i think then you can start being like okay we're cool but if it's if it's 14-7 in the second quarter then we're like all right let's just Put them away, please. <laughs> please. Yeah, exactly. Like I've seen, uh, we saw Western Kentucky lose last night, um, and this team is not Western Kentucky. Well, we saw FIU lose last night, and we saw FIU lose. Well, should we save that for the end? Or should we just go? Should we just go over it right now? But let's just throw it in there. I just so then people can understand <laughs> that North Texas is now gonna just blow the conference out of the water, and if they don't, well, the thing is, three listen. of the teams that played last night, they're not playing. Well, so sorry, sorry to burst your bubble, Colin. Wow, and the only team. That one, I'm trying to think. So it was Tulane be FIU 42 to 14. That was dis- that's disgusting. pretty bad considering that we had them. We had FIU. possibly challenging for the yeah conference championship. Um, West Kentucky lost to Arkansas Central Arkansas, which is awful. That's uh, a pretty good one. Yeah, Charlotte won by like two or three touchdowns against their FCS team. Congratulations to Charlotte. And first of all, I just picked Charlotte to come in fifth in that division in the East Division. Whoever picked, a lot of people picked them to come in last. I picked them fifth. I'm that, just that's a that's a power. Play. I'm a genius. That's a power play. And then uh, UAB barely beat. Um, God, who did they play? They played Alabama State. They beat them twenty four to nineteen. So there is. It was a rough. It was a rough day for Conference USA teams last year. Um, and I'm I'm not sure what to take away from it. I'm gonna try not to take away too much from it. But it was funny to clown those teams. Well, what did we take away from the Portland State game? Thank okay. you. That was the worst FCS loss in in history. So I don't. Actually that's was. not comparable. That's not comparable. It is comparable. That was, that was only. Did you know there's only one other team that's ever lost by more than forty to an FCS school, and yeah. North Texas lost by fifty nine. I thought it was forty nine. Fifty nine. It was sixty six to seven. Oh yeah, dang. And only one of the schools only ever lost by forty to an FCS school. FBS FBS school. Oh yeah, only we one other FBS we, school we has lost saying. to an FCS school that bad. So, anyways. So, all right, what, what was I was talking about the defense before I got sidetracked here. Okay, I was talking about use how they're going to use the tight ends, how they're going to, yeah. or I'm sorry, inside linebackers, uh, def, new defense alignment. Do we expect to see a lot of depth shown this game? Do we expect to see a lot of second and third stringers this game? Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's basically a preseason game. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if you're comparing it to the NFL, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I think we see Nick Harvey a lot, though. I think mm-hmm. he's gonna get some some snaps, even if he doesn't start. Even if he doesn't, because start. because there was that big Just because he needs to knock Rust there. off. Yeah, because he hasn't played. Can you pass me the uh, the depth chart right next to you? Yes, please, Bruni. Just across we're, the table we go. We're not at a table. Wow. Just gonna it's just gonna expose me like that. Real quickly, I do want to talk about these things I have starred on the depth chart. Um, Dominique Harrison, obviously backup nickel. With Jackson Gibbs, who's a retro freshman, we don't expect Jackson Gibbs to beat out Dominic Harrison, do we? For a backup nickel spot? Maybe. I mean, if Jameel Moore has that spot locked, he down, locked down so hard that yeah. you could probably switch him out and it wouldn't even matter. Like, I feel like for development reasons, you might want to just yeah. do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, the second cornerback position, Nick Harvey and Quinn Whitlock have an or between them. Nick They're- Harvey will have that by the end of the season. That's not that hard of a take. I said second week. Oh, I mean, if we're picking weeks, yeah, second week. But okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're going to call him Ord. So, Jamie King and Joe Zogu got Joe. Ord. Joe. 
JoJo. He'll have it. They I, got I, I had to pick games. He'll have it by the fifth game. Okay. Uh, Caleb Colvin beat out Tual. I can't say his name. Um, Tulao Safi. I just call him Safi. Remember wow, we called we him talk, Safi. We talked time? about how good Safi was too. Yeah, Safi. Well, Ladarius Hamilton told said the basically said Safi was starting next to him. So I don't know what what changed, but Safi's uh, behind him now. Darian McMillan also is on the second string defense line. Bryce English as well. Um, Jair Shorter beat out Greg White for that Z spot that we kind of predicted last week. Yeah. But we were kind of like, all right, well, Jair's probably going to start, but I'm not sure if they're going to list him. They listed him, and yeah, Coach it's, sounded it's, pretty excited. It's a big move. Yeah, he seems like the explosive guy. He's one of the fastest players on the team. He's mm-hmm. 6'2". He's a, fr- he's a retro freshman. I mean... I just need to see his route running in his hands, and at that point, then yeah, then we're really. You can going. even argue as long as he has hands, he's better than Greg White. Well, just because he's more explosive, he, than right? Greg White. Well, I'm saying if if you I can run a better. if you can run a a post, and you just right. Mason just throws it up, you know. <laughs> uh, no, Alex Woodworth this game at left guard. Injury, Thomas right? Preston, yeah, Thomas Preston will be starting for him. They said uh, Alex is day to day. He's doing a lot of individual stuff right now, not a lot of team stuff. Mm-hmm. I talked to Alex, and Alex has been in the fall camp, so he's been like yeah, in just nicked up practices. He's just been in and out at times. So, uh, what's our concern level there? Not at all. Uh, Not Thomas all. Preston has experience. Yeah, I agree. He is a senior. Um, Jason Bean and Austin Ani have an or between them. They're both going to play. Who plays first? Jason. Yeah, you're right. Um, backup inside linebacker was probably the most interesting thing to me. You have Kevin Wood, a freshman. Shout out San Antonio Converse Judson. Um, and then at the other linebacker spot, you have Larry Nixon, retro freshman, who I was high on out of spring, but then I was low on during yeah. fall. Yeah. So it's it's it, it just baffles me that we were so wrong about who was going to be starting linebackers in uh, uh, yeah. Lenahan and well, Lamasters, Lamasters, and then now they're not even the backups. Well, I think I think at this point. Man, it's tough because I went to practices and I would see Mike Linehan and Willa Masters get playing time. Do you think it's just because they're not there's not such a big drop off and yeah. it's like, well, these guys are seniors. Exactly. I think that's exactly what I think it is. And also Willa Masters is listed as a jack now, the third string jack. That's interesting. So Well, he's still not gonna get playing time because Jamie King and Yeah, Joe have Joe that have that lockdown. So Exactly. So that was probably the most interesting thing to me. I hope Kevin Wood and Larry Nixon develop because, but it's not like those inside linebackers are seniors either. You have Tyreek Davis, who's a junior, and then yeah. KD, who is a sophomore. What's even more interesting too is that does that kind of tell us that they're gonna mainly play Tyreek and, and KD Davis instead of kind of you know yeah. throwing in the depth? It's not gonna rotate. They're not yeah. gonna rotate it. Those that, are the that's two. so weird to me because it's. I mean, they don't have experience starting at that position. Yeah. They have high expectations for them, though, and Refit has said time and time and time again, we're just going to put them in, and we expect them to do the same things that EJ and Brandon did last year. That'll work game one. We'll see if it works game two. <laughs> he said that'll, that'll work game one. <sighs> we're going to come back at game one and be like, everyone's great. Everyone's amazing. I know. Nick Harvey's going to have seven picks. <laughs> Probably had seven picks in week one. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait for this next podcast when we're just happy. We're going to start doing podcasts. That's also a PSA. We're going to start doing podcasts on Sundays? Yes. Sundays. Okay. Every Sunday, uh, just like last year. No more Friday podcasts because it's not the off-season well, anymore. Well, we did them Mondays last year. but Well, we did them at the end of the year on Mondays. During the like early footballs, we did them on Sunday. Oh, did we? Yeah. And then we switched to Monday once you got a job. Ah. So there you go. Wow. Just throwing out... Listen, Bernie, just because it took me a year to get a job. Okay. <laughs> so anyways, uh, <laughs> lastly... Uh, Place kicker as Ethan Mooney or Zach Williams. 
I think I, I think when it says or that gives me a lot more concern. No, it does. <laughs> it gives me a lot of concern just I've, because I've not seen them hit like I feel like I've never seen them hit three field goals in a roll from like 35, 35 yards out. Like, is that just me? Look, like, I Ethan, hold on. I just have to tell this story. God, the only spring practice I went or fall practice I went to, it was with Bruni and I took pictures and I was like, oh, let's see these kickers real quick. Ethan Mooney lineup. I was like, oh, who's that guy? And he's like, oh, he's the starter. They're what? Probably a 35 yard field one. goal. Yeah, he missed and it. it was just shank. It didn't even hit the net. I, he missed it. I remember it. I remember that. I was like, yeah, eat the Mooney. There you go. And, and, and I, was I was like, like yeah. Damn. I looked at Bruni. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, damn. Uh, so hopefully it's not too big of a drop off between Ethan Mooney and Cole Headland. Shout out Cole Headland. Cole Headland is doing big things out there. I don't, it's crazy. But anyways, uh, Ethan Mooney and Zach Williams. I expect Ethan Mooney to start, but that was the last, that was the last position group that I was interested in. Um, all right, let's get into best case, worst case, Colin. Real quickly. Actually, I don't know how, all right. I'm not going to preface this at all. What is the best case scenario for this North Texas team against Abilene Christian? They shut them out and score 40 points. Okay. Is there an individual performance that you're like, all right, you know, this guy is going to have a great day on best case scenario. I feel like we need to see the linebackers have a, a great day. I mean, a great day. As far as get like 10 tackles a piece. I, I don't, they just have to look great. Uh-huh. They like don't they have to look fast. I think cause yeah, heard about how because fast they because they, they have to look great because that means that they'll be good. Or okay, at least yeah. against uh, the higher competition. Exactly. And then another position I want to see is the backup corners have a good day. Okay. So Mason, back- Mason, if he if he's a little rusty, I feel like he's although not he's not rusty. he's not gonna be rusty, but I feel like if he went out there and he was just, I feel like he's just gonna be like nonchalantly just like looking at his phone, <laughs> like just like throwing touchdowns. So you know, I I, I I'll give Mason a little slack. Yeah. You know, what if Mason throws an interception? I'd be very Panic? upset. No, it wouldn't be a panic, panic, but everyone would be talking about it, and it would honestly just ruin his Heisman. <laughs> first, first play of the game. I keep saying panic, knowing that I don't have a, a cover, a pop filter on. That's my, okay. On my thing. Um, okay. Best case scenario. So best case scenario is they win something, forty something to zero. Everyone's happy. Defense gets their shutout. Offense looks amazing. Starters are only in for twelve minutes, ten minutes. <laughs> I think that would be so sad to see Mason minutes. just not be there. We've been waiting all minutes. this season to see Mason. He's just gone minutes. after 12 minutes. No, they'll play two quarters. The Stars will play two quarters at least. So, I I mean, I'd be surprised if they didn't play a third quarter, honestly. I think they'll play part of the third quarter as well. Yeah. Uh, I'm just saying best case scenario, let's just not even play them and get the win and get out. But no, they they have to they have to play just for some experience. Like you said to get get in a rhythm, get in a routine, get themselves going a little bit more cuz Next week is SMU, but then you have Cal, then you're at S, then you have home against uh, UTSA and Houston. So life's gonna come at them quick after this game. Yes. So you have to uh, embrace this game, and you yes. have to use it. Worst case scenario, Colin, and not including injuries because I feel like injuries yeah. are always the worst case yeah, scenario, regardless of result. Yeah. Worst case scenario, we see more of the same of last year. If it's we score in the first half, and say Mason gets that third quarter for a couple series, yeah, and we see more of the timidness mm-hmm. and the the sad offense, yeah, like be, they go up twenty eight to seven in the and first then half. They kind of give them a chance to come back. Like if if it if it at all resembles a game that we saw last night in Conference USA at all, <laughs> worst case scenario, <laughs> that is the worst. And case anything scenario. worse than that is just it's just I don't know. It's not icing on the cake. It's like it's like digging your hands into the cake and then serving it to yourself. That's exactly what it is. That's great. <laughs> that's, that's exactly fantastic. what it is. That's fantastic. <laughs> um, yeah, I would say worst case scenario is 
uh, not looking comfortable, you know, not moving the ball efficiently on the first three possessions, the first three or four possessions, and struggling to find a rhythm offensively. Yeah. I feel like if they don't look good with how fast they're going to try to play, the drives could be quick. You know, they could look ugly. They could start to panic. They could be like, why is this not working? But I think this team has enough... I keep hitting that thing. I think this team has enough senior experience to where they're not going to panic. They're not going to freak out. They're just going to try to keep going, and they know that they're the better team. So I'm not too worried about that. But on And on defense, if they allow the run game of Abilene Christian to... If they get whatever they averaged last season, 160. I think it was 4.7 yards. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. 147 yards a carry. If they average that, <laughs> we're going to have some problems come conference. Yeah. Come come any of the games, actually. Come any games, yeah. yeah. Uh. But yeah, that's probably the worst case scenario is that actually Abilene Christian has shows some some life offensively. And also, if Abilene Christian gets some big plays, I'll be very concerned too because that's just a lack of discipline. That'll that'll throw me back to Portland State. Yes, exactly. There's no reason to give up big plays to this team when they are A, a run-heavy team, and they're a run-first team. And B, you have a lot of experience on the back end that should not be getting beat over the top or not get beat on you know double moves, play action, whatever you want to call it. Um like I said, this team is just too experienced to to not perform well or yeah. be consistent against a team that they're supremely better than. Yeah, I agree. Now, real quickly about Abilene Christian before we make our predictions. Abilene Christian in the so they're in the Southland Conference. They did not rec- so okay, they finished 7th in the preseason uh polls in in the Southland Conference out of 11 teams. They did not receive a vote in the FCS coaches poll, and a lot of teams from the Southland did, including you know Nichols, Sam Houston State, Central Arkansas, McNeese, Lamar, they did not receive a vote. You know what's kind of interesting? So they're probably not a top forty FCS school. Yeah, that would be really bad if they at all put up points on. So <laughs> I'm just I'm just here like I'm trying to look for the positives here, something that they can give North Texas trouble with. I think the run game is the only thing really. They have some experience at quarterback and running back. Yeah. But not much else. North Texas beat Nichols State a few years ago at seventy-seven to three. So should we see that tomorrow? Why are we not considering that? And this, I don't want to get too deep into this. Well, why are we not considering yeah, that? I, I didn't, beat I didn't, literally, when you said Nichols State, I was like, wow. A few years ago, they beat Nichols State seventy-seven. Why can that not happen? It was that five and eight season. Yeah. Why can Why can they not beat them seventy to ten? I feel like they. Uh, man, I don't know. I I guess they could. <laughs> what if they did? <laughs> wow. What's the line, Bruni? What's your line? Well, What's the Bruni's break? My line? line personally would be twenty nine and a half. That that would be my that would be my not my line twenty nine and a half. I feel like it's over four touchdowns. It's damn near thirty points. Uh, I feel like that's a good uh, that's a good line to have. But I like that line, I like that line a lot. But odds odd sharks and not everyone has FCS FBS games because sometimes they're really hard to predict and you don't like uh, putting them out online. Um, Odd Sharks had it at twenty point five, so less than three touchdowns. So twenty. That's really low. I feel like I, I feel like no one gives North Texas credit even when they are good, and it just kind of, kind of hurts me. Yeah, going against I mean FCS school, I feel like they should not be. even a top four. I, I will have to look up to see that Nichols team and see if they were any good, any good. Yeah. Because if they were, yeah, who knows? They sh- North Texas should be fine. They'll but, be fine, but it, we we bring up a, a, a funny point where why couldn't they put up seventy seven points? You're right. I mean, the only thing is if they don't care and they don't want to humiliate them. So yeah, that's a sad thing to do. So yeah, it would be okay. Ready to predict? Yes. 
Okay, well, first, I want to do two things. First, I want to predict if they're going to cover or not. Okay. So, the line is 20, what did I say, 20.5? Yep. For North Texas. So, Colin, we're going to keep track of this throughout the season because it's not about, you know what they say, good teams win, great teams cover. So, keep that And they never covered last year, so. Exactly, North Texas, exactly. They weren't great. So, (laughs) 20.5 points, Colin, according to Odd Sharks. Will they cover? They will definitely cover. Okay, definitely. All right. Do you want to put... We should do it as a point system. So you either you can predict that you can predict them to cover, or you can guarantee it, which can be worth two points. I'm gonna guarantee it. All right, he's guaranteed. So do you it. lose points then if you? Yeah, you lose a you lose. So two I points. lose two points. Yeah, okay, exactly. Um, or should it be should it be if you guarantee it, you get two points but lose a point. But if you just predict it, you can only gain one point and not lose any points. Yeah, that's what we'll do. Okay, that's what we'll do. Okay, um, I'm also going to guarantee it because I just can't see them winning by th- less than three touchdowns. 42 to 21 gets the job done. Like, that is... that is That's ex- still like a worst-case scenario, I know, scenario though. 42-21 is extremely realistic, so I'm going to guarantee it, too, that they cover. Uh, what, give me your final score prediction. Mine is 44 to 10. I put 54 to 10. You're just going to raise me by 10? How are they going to get to 54 points, Con? Tell me. Oh, that's a good point. 77 to 10. I'm just going to say it. Shut up. I'm saying it. Shut up. Just no, put it down. I'm not putting that. I'm not putting that. Just put 50, 51. 51 to 51 10. 51 to 10. Yep. Colin. MB. Colin Mitchell. I'll have you sign that later. Um, All right, Colin. This has been a good 30-minute podcast here. I'm excited for the season. I don't think there's anywhere else to go with this podcast because... At least we gave y'all a podcast. We didn't give yeah. y'all an Incarnate Word podcast last year. Well, we did, but it wasn't. We didn't talk anything about Incarnate Word. Yeah, exactly. I'm pretty sure we just talked about. I don't even think that was like brought up at all. It was brought up briefly. I we think, were just like, I think yeah, it we're was at win. the very end. We were just like, oh, by the way, <laughs> North <laughs> Texas is gonna win. Yeah, <laughs> check that out if you're in town. So, um, all right. So go to the game where I'm. I'm expecting twenty five thousand people. That'd be Whoa. great. No way. Is that what we talked about last week? Yes. You said not even. You said like okay. 20, 21. I said, I said 21, 22. All right. We're expecting about 21, 22,000 people. Are I'm not. expecting 22,000 people. Uh, it's going to be fun. Hopefully the weather's great. Uh, it's white out. So make sure you wear white. I'm not going to be wearing white. I'll be in the press box. Wow. But I will still be there. So yeah, wear white. Go to the game. Enjoy the game. Stay the whole time. Watch Jason Bean and Austin Ani battle it out against Aveline Christian. It's going to be great. Um, we'll talk to y'all on Sunday so you'll hear from us real soon Uh, but until then y'all have a great day